Hi folks, welcome along to another episode of my weekly podcast, Soundtracking. Actually, uh, we are fast approaching an anniversary. We launched this podcast back in August 2016 and obviously we're in August now. And so that means that we are approaching our seventh birthday. So thank you very much indeed for, well, just for your ears, for your attention. And we really appreciate it. We know there is so much choice out there when it comes to podcasts and what you can listen to. So we never take it for granted that we are a very small fish in a very big pond. So we appreciate the attention. Needless to say, we hope that we have at least another seven years ahead of us because we are just even more inspired now than we ever were when Ben and I first started the podcast, wanting to start a conversation about film and music. Sometimes that goes deep. Sometimes it's just kind of on the kind of periphery of what we talk about. But either way, we just love the conversations that we have every week. So thank you, whether you've been listening from the start or whether, in fact, this may well be your first episode. Welcome along. Thank you so much indeed. We've had a couple of really busy weeks, um, what with Barbie and Oppenheimer, um, belated happy birthday to Greta Garwig. Also, an amazing response to last week's episode, which we brought forward a week after the kind of unexpected passing of Sinead O'Connor. Uh, we had the, the luxury of speaking to Catherine Ferguson, who'd made the brilliant documentary Nothing Compares. And just three days before Sinead passed, we had recorded our conversation. It was going to go out this week, but we brought it forward because the doc is up on uh, streaming services and we wanted to make sure that as many of you as possible headed towards that to really get uh, hear her voice, basically. So thank you very much. I've had a really beautiful continuation of of messages from people who've listened to the podcast, who've watched the film. So listen, I appreciate you getting in touch. I really, really do. And with there being so many big films around, sometimes the sometimes the little guys can get lost in amongst all that. And there's a documentary that I watched this week that's been released by Dogwoof that I just wanted to draw your attention um, to because over the next couple of weeks, there's a couple of documentaries that we're going to be talking about. But this, I kind of saw the trailer for and I was like, oh, I really, really wanted to see this. It's called Kokomo City. And it's been kind of written and directed by D. Smith, shot in black and white. It is so atmospheric. It's unbelievable. And it's these, the four stories of these four women, these four black transgender women and their stories. It's compelling. It's emotional. It's thoroughly entertaining. And it's thoroughly needed. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. So it's out now. It's in cinemas. It's called Kokomo City. And there's a little recommendation from me to you. And that's something we're going to try and get uh, our guests to do, actually, which I started a couple of weeks back. And so where I can, I'll get them to give me some recommendations because I think it's always nice. But listen, we can finally bring you the wonderful Ludwig Göransson on our latest episode of Soundtracking in an interview recorded before the SAG strike began. Now, Ludwig is, of course, someone that we hugely admire on the show and he's reunited with Christopher Nolan to provide the score for the awe-inspiring Oppenheimer. And I think that part of the reason that this film is so powerful and so effective is down to Ludwig's score. 
We put out my chat with Christopher a couple of weeks ago, so do check that out if you haven't already. And as I said, Ludwig has done the most incredible job with the music. And we'll begin with his title track. So great yeah. to meet you in person. Yes. Um, I had the luxury of chatting to Christopher yesterday yep. about your amazing score for oh, this film. You. It's just, it's so many things, Ludwig. It's just yeah. extraordinary. Did you know actually coming out of Tenet that this mm-hmm. was this was happening? I don't think, no, Chris is, doesn't work like that. Okay. I mean, I mean, <laughs> he, you know, we, we, we had a great relationship and collaboration on, tw- and ten- on Tenet. And then we stayed in contact. We talked about music. We talked about film. But he's very secretive of him so like he's never like hinting on any projects yeah. or hinting what he's working on but i know he's working i know he's like he was like yeah i was up in the tree i was like writing you know and yeah. so it wasn't completely surprised that he was like hey you want to read the script but it was still a it was still a it was still a positive phone call obviously it was like you want to come and read this new script and is that um, it is that the, is that the end he doesn't really frame it around anything he just almost gives you the script to so he's not clouding any kind no, of... No, he doesn't put anything in your head beforehand. Okay, amazing. So you kind of go into that office and sit down with closed doors and just fully 100% committed on reading the script and focus on it. And, you know, that's just a, that's an experience in, in itself. Yeah. What did you take away from that initial reading then, do you think? Uh, for me, it was something... I was like, okay, this is going to be a project like nothing else. You know, reading a, a script with like that kind of first person point of view yeah. where everything is is you feeling everything that he's from his perspective yeah and I, that was making pretty clear that that's also what the music needs to do we need to be with them at all times we need the music to make the audience feel like they're connecting with him and they're telling that you know we're in his emotional state which is a very complex <laughs> Emotional state. And then you have those kind of visually, those almost two worlds that are running in terms of, you know, the color and the, the black and white sort mm-hmm. of thing as well. And mm-hmm. just the time frames of those and where he is emotionally, you yeah. know, where he's the the observer. Then he's also, you know, that kind of thing as well. That's all got to be kind of translated through your music as well. Absolutely. And, and, and where he is, you know, pre-Trinity, yeah. where he's post-Trinity and... and and how you know neurotic his character can be at times, and uh, there's a lot of emotions going on in this movie, and also the scale at, yeah. at times. You know, one of the first things that I saw after reading the script, you know, Chris invited me on to some test screenings on IMAX when they was trying to, they, they were they were doing some of the early experimentations with the visual effects yeah. that you know Andrew Jackson was working on, and, and I'm sitting there in, in, in an IMAX theater. And seeing this, like the splitting of the atoms, like spinning around as fluorescent lights, yeah. and it's like visuals that I never seen before because it's not, it's not CGI. Like this is, it just makes it feel 
timeless yeah. in a different kind of way. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't know if you're looking at something old or something futuristic or something real or it's like it's 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 a very interesting uh, visual illusion. Um, and when I saw that <clears throat> those visuals, I was like, this is what I want the music to sound like. There's a cue, gravity swallows light, mm-hmm. which is kind of like I mean that that was one of the things I spoke to Christopher about was kind of like how do you how do you make that yeah. <laughs> you know in terms of how do you because you know we're, this it, it's the character's visions in a way isn't mm-hmm. it it's, it's it's kind of like it's almost like as a physicist mm-hmm. trying to, the way that he's seen all these kind of things in his head almost in a way yeah. to be able to visualize that is is extraordinary yes. to be able to be put it onto film yeah. and then score it as well it's just it's extraordinary yes yeah it took some yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it took a lot of time yeah yeah Did you talk about musicality because there are some beautiful, simple, mm-hmm. really subtle, gorgeous kind of... Su- they sound simple to mm-hmm. me, but I'm, they clearly yeah. weren't. But then the extreme of that is the kind of huge sound and things as well. Yeah. But did you talk about kind of musicality, instrumentation and, and what that would be and character-wise as well? Yeah, we did. One of the first directions that Chris gave me was like he was talking about the violin. It was. It was like I'm interested in experimenting and and having the violin kind of represent Oppenheimer, wow. and especially because of the violin, which is a, it's, it's, it's obviously a fretless instrument. So depending on the performance, you know, on the vibrato, you can go from like a very lush romantic tone to with within a split second, just you know, change the pitch a little bit and the, and the intensity of the vibrato make it kind of neurotic and yeah. manic and horrific. And also, my uh, my wife and artistic partner Serena is is as um, she is a violinist too. So Perfect. so we were able to just close ourselves off in my studio and just kind of have have hours of just experimentation with a lot of like kind of microtonal glissandos and, and wow. so that was kind of the early um, fragments of, of the score kind of came out those experimentations.
that's one of the beauties of working with Chris is that pre-production for him is also pre-production of the music. Yeah. So before we start shooting, we have three months where we have pre-production, and every meet every week we meet up, and I write about ten minutes of music every week, and we just kind of listen to it in, in his in his house and just analyze it, talk about instrumentation, we talk about cool fragments of the music that we can use, and and really kind of create the the the, the DNA of the score. That's amazing because there are moments in the film where the the, the violin is really kind of prominent. And in different forms that are kind of telling us, I think, emotionally how the character is like when he's he's teaching for the first time, yeah. and that kind of almost it's almost like a dance. Yeah, it's got a Celtic feel to it, almost yeah. in a way where he's kind of like he's like almost yeah. like a little jig, like yeah, I'm doing the thing that makes me happy, kind yeah. of almost in a way. Yeah, and, is and that I'm, as subtle as that, or is absolutely. It kind of- and 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 with that also, in, in a lot of moments of the movie, you, you have the you can have the intimacy of of one solo violin, but then. For a quartet is joining, an yeah. octet is joining, and the whole ensemble is joining. So you can, there's so much you can do, also with the with the dynamics. And I think that's also what's 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 so interesting about this movie: the dynamic shifts and how the score can go from, you know, something very very small, and intimate, but in in one second it, it's larger than life. Yeah. You know? And the, the, that aspect and seeing that and hearing that, I think is is, you know, something something that that we you know. Today, in today's world, we, we, we're, we're, everything is just so bombastic and quick and over yeah. in five seconds. So it's like having that time and space and silence. And, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, for me, it was, it was a very, very um, refreshing experience. Yeah. feel as well that the music does a great a great job in helping tell this complicated story of his relationships with his wife and his mistress mm-hmm. you know in terms of they're different they feel like different things yeah. musically so they are kind of almost telling us about his the complications he feels emotionally about those situations and that scene with Killian and Florence in the chairs mm-hmm is one of the most beautiful scenes mm-hmm. I've ever seen. But mm-hmm. I wondered if that was something that you talked about with him, is about how the music can tell, be part of the narrative around those specific things. Yeah, that that's that was part of that, what we liked about the the juxtaposition of the violence, how we can we can start off with something that's that sounds like this is going to be a beautiful romantic tone, but yeah. then like where you end it, it's like, okay, kind of, this is like now a horror movie. So it's like yeah. you're kind of treading that water in a very interesting way. Um, you can really feel the the, the complexity of, of the relationship in a way, I think. 
And because you've worked, you know, you talk about that pre-production and then when he starts shooting, I mean, these performances are extraordinary in this film mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. I don't know, do they, do they inform the journey of the music in terms of if there's things that you want to shift or tweak or add or remove or, you know, manipulate along the way once you're privy to performances? It- yeah, I mean, it, like the, the cast ensemble is obviously like out of this world and like, and, and Killian's performance is it's kind of like inhuman you know yeah. like you don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like is that a person i'm yeah. watching or is this just you know because it's it's it's, it's such a out of body experience for me to, to see his performance and and so so for me it was just I, I, you know it was just like such an incredible pleasure to hmm. to try everything that i can and yeah. and, and and also but chris working with chris his he such he has such a crystal clear perception yeah. of what he wants and but he's also completely always open to mm. be surprised yeah. and to my ideas and trying something new and then like he's he's constantly it's, it's constantly a back and forth that that i find is very unique Um, I was lucky enough to see the film the other day at the, um, the Science Museum here mm-hmm. in London, which is it's a physical experience to get up to the cinema through the, oh, through okay. the, the, the Science Museum. And you're kind of like, yeah. And I sat right at the back, right underneath the projector. And the sound of the projector yeah. kind of almost getting up to speed oh. is just even that kind of like is the, the perfect preparation for not just a Christopher Nolan film, mm-hmm. but this film, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of. And then as we kind of get into it as well, sort of thing, it's a real... I don't know. I know, and I know how that's how much that's important to him. Mm-hmm. You know how he and what he shoots it on and what it's made for. Yeah. So it was a lovely addition. Yeah. To that sonically to that kind of situation as yeah. well of, you know, is that something that comes into how you, how you write, how you also record the music when you're thinking about the physical experience of the of the you know of a film fan of someone in the cinema of what it's going to feel like for them. It's not in the back of my of my head while I'm writing the yeah. music, but. Oftentimes, after when we're done, like for example, like when we were done with the score, and I'm like seeing seeing the movie for the first time, seven millimeters, I'm I'm sitting there, it's like there's no percussion in the music. <laughs> I was like, there's no percussion. Yeah. And which is like uh, that that is a little bit odd, but 
I think the sound design of the movie is obviously, you know, um, kind of groundbreaking. And yeah. there's we're using we're also using some sounds like like the foot stomps or, yeah. or you know that's so clever. And that really sticks out because we don't have any percussion in the score. And and also, per, I also feel like the percussion, like the drums, it's not that's not part of who he is. He doesn't yeah. have that. You know, so. I, I, I feel so like I feel like the silence and the footsteps it really gets highlighted in in a completely different way since we don't have that in in the music. Is that a conscious thing? Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't conscious. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah. It's reactive. Yeah. It was. It was reactive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the fact that you only realized that when you were watching. Exactly. It as well. Yeah. We never really talked about it. Yeah. Wow. That footstomp thing is is um is is so clever because the, the way that it, it's there before we see it. Mm-hmm. A couple of times, mm-hmm. but how your your score is kind of swirling around it and part of it and in it, and yes. that's a great example of the collaboration with the sound mm-hmm. design team and yourself, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, Chris. Chris early on gave me that because they recorded that on set, you know, and he early on gave me those files, and we we incorporated it in the music, I mean, in the score, and I did it in a rhythmic way so it lined up. But then we took it out and made it, you know, more like organic footsteps sound. So it's like. It's it's kind of in both worlds. It's it's part of the sound design, but it's also part of the score, and it's 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 it comes together in an interesting way. Yeah. So clever, it has a and that because then also that moment of it was funny. I was so cautious about spoilers for people, you know, with the film and yeah. kind of not giving things away, even though we know what happened. But yeah. it's still the experience of it is still something people need to ex- ex- explore themselves. But the way that sonically the test is done, yeah. you know, in terms of that's even more powerful because we have so much of your brilliant music mm-hmm. throughout the whole film to mm-hmm. then for us to have nothing for even that short amount of time yeah. makes you almost kind of hold your breath in a way. Yes. How important is it having those discussions about where, where there needs to be no music? Well, for that, for that specific place, I feel like Chris already had it in his mind yeah. while writing the, the movie, yeah. while writing that scene. And... And also, but also, it's the 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 whole build up for that is is what what what's what the music is doing there. And there's also um, a scene, you know, the, how that scene starts with with them preparing to like the hoisting of the bomb up in the sky, and yeah. it's like and the tension, <laughs> the tension there, and how and how we go from like a very lush and 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 kind of melodic score to that moment is just kind of based on like this sound design, this like kind of looming synthesizers that that kind of foreshadows the the impending doom. Thank you. 
what I really loved as well was the kind of you know the the obviously it's a period piece in terms of when it's set but the, the music kind of there are moments where you we can hear the electronic elements yeah. and I love that you have that ability to be able to do that within yeah. this film for it not to be driven by the time period of the film that the music has to be restricted with that yeah and I think that I think with all of Chris's films, it's like you, you, it's it's the costume design, it's the visual effects. Like it, it feels, you feel the timelessness. Of it. Yeah, it's not you know. I feel I look at his clothes and it's like yeah, that's kind of feels like at, at that time, but it also feels like it's it could be the future. Like you, you can't really it it doesn't set a time and date on it, mm. and and that makes it timeless. And that and that's why also why I'm looking forward to the music because I want the music to sound like you know. Like it could have fit, like it is from that time, but also I want it to be done in a way it could, have, it could not have been done before. Yeah. You know, with the kind of courtroom drama kind of element to it, mm -hmm. did you have discussions about with the score being having a, a different kind of feel or, or element to it on that side of things? Or mm -hmm. was it compartmentalized like that in a way or not really? It was, yeah. We were, that was like a thing we worked on for a month. You know, there were, there were like, Chris Nolan and Jennifer Lane were in the editing room and they were like, okay, we're going to work on this for two, I don't know, two weeks maybe. And, and they had a, I think it was like a 30 minute courtroom scene first. And Chris, Hey, can you write a 30 piece, 30 minute piece of like, like exciting, like triggering, very high paced music. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, like 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> here That's we, a luxury, yeah, surely. Yeah. So I was like, hey, here we go. And I was like, And and then you know they took the music and and cut it into the scene and 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 then they played me the scene. I see it and I was like, okay, this I understand what they're trying to do now. So I go back to the studio, I write another piece of music for that and and send it back. And then we kind of and then they cut it into the scene. And then we go back and forth. And then finally, when they cut down the scene to I don't know 15 minutes, send it back to me. And then I start writing it for again for the for the scene. So it was, it was like a concept back and forth. Yeah. And we we're just focusing in on that on that particular scene. specific reference points for the film sort of musically in terms of that he gave you or you talked about not really you know the one of the one of the things that we that I probably spent the most time on was 
was one of the the montages early on in the in the movie where you know you hear the Kenneth Branagh is like telling telling Oppenheimer's or telling Williams like can you hear the music yeah you know? and it goes into this beautiful montage when he's like a, a, a younger student at a university and he's kind of discovering art like you see a Picasso painting on an IMAX screen like just that yeah. experience right yeah you know? totally <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and he puts on like Rite of Spring <laughs> so <laughs> um, and and then the whole thing ends with seeing the the the, the, the atoms yeah. swirling around and then so for that I wanted to con- to to create like a continuous piece of music that was that, that just grows and grows and gets faster and faster and faster and it's like it's 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 uh there's like 21 tempo changes in it statically and it, the, the ending tempo is three times faster than what we started and it already starts on a pretty fast violin a string line yeah what i was thinking first that like because it's so complicated with all the tempo changes like we're going to record it two bars here two bars here two bars and stop and start and, mm-hmm. and we did that and it kind of just felt it didn't feel alive yeah and then we kind of worked on it for a couple of days in the studio with, with all the incredible musicians and came, we came up with a new way of uh, recording the musicians in a way where they kind of got the new tempo before it had happened and oh, so wow. we were able to record that whole sequence in one one performance and that's really what made the music come alive wow that's amazing mm-hmm. lovely to have that luxury of because I you know in my head they're kind of sometimes those studio sessions where you've kind of got a you know you've got a scene that you've got to record the music to something but the idea that you you can play still you can explore still in that situation to to get it right so it feels right yeah no it was it was it was crazy because I was I was like from the beginning I was like I was not thinking that they could play that. I was like this is you know (laughs) this this is made you know we we, we did this on the computer with the tempo changes and but then my wife's my wife Serena, she was like she's been in those that orchestra for twenty years and those yeah. things, she knows how great these players are and how great they are with the clicks and, and having a click in their head and in the ears. And uh, so we tried this new recording technique and, and they just um, they just nailed it. Wow. And it was like and when I heard that performance for the first time I was like Yeah, it kinda of blew my mind. I bet. Yeah. It's nice to get those opportunities though. Yes. You know, in terms of what you've created and it come back at you and, you know, you get that genuine experience of something you've created. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I yeah. love that. Your wife's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> nice for you guys to get yeah. to work on this together Absolutely. and such. Yeah. Did he? Did Christopher know that you know she was such a great musician? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been you know we've been we've been we've been um, hanging out. Yeah. You know, and and she's 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 been. She played violin for yeah. her whole life, so yeah. I love that he the, that that violin then was the yeah. thing that he really kind of wanted to bring out. I wrote down some specific cues, and I apologise in advance for my really bad descriptions oh, no. of yeah. them, but they were things that kind of really, yeah. Weirdly, the first one was you can you hear the music, Robert? Was yeah. the, was one of the ones. Um, the when he meets Robert Downey Jr.'s character for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's almost a bit like romantic <laughs> in a way. Yeah, like it's kind of like it's like soft romantic cue when he meets R. D. J. sort of thing. And that's so interesting in terms of where that relationship goes. Exactly. And yeah. that kind of, I know it's a clever way of telling us something without telling us something in a way, I think. Absolutely. And that was also from having time and sitting, like watching the movie every Friday when they started editing the movie. Every Friday, me, Chris and Jen meets up and, and Emma and we watch the movie and we look at it oh, every, wow. every once a week. And... Thanks through through doing that, you know, you 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 get really um, familiar with the scenes, obviously. Yeah. And so I was, able, we were able to like analyze that scene. It's like, okay, well, you know, the, the audience doesn't really know their relationship yet, or is about to go. So, you know, let's introduce this character with this kind of, you know, more romantic, beautiful tone. Yeah, yeah. I've just got to say as well that the casting of Tom Conti's Einstein is yeah. just. It's kind of like, my God, it's him. Yeah. It's, it's just so uncanny. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. He's so good at it. When he starts teaching, that was the one I talked about earlier, about mm-hmm. that kind of, some, the, the kind of happiness that he yeah. feels almost in a way. Is that, the inspiration and like you want to feel the bubbles and it's, that goes on in his body and like this is, 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 this is what his life is about. And the, when he meets, when um, I, I'm calling them by their actor names, mm-hmm. Um, but Matt, when Matt and Killian meet as well for the first time as well, that's a really interesting kind of cue. Uh, gross, general yeah. gross, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is that's also an interesting one because because just they have such a, spe- a special bond, like their, yeah. their friendship. It's almost like they've been they knew each other from an earlier life, or like the you know, and and we wanted to introduce this this kind of sweet kind of sweet piece of music for them, which which was. Uh, kind of surprising how how well that works because it's it's they have like that this kind of um, I wouldn't have thought about that music for General Groves, you know, had I not seen the movie. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that repertoire that had with the with the, the, the funny kind of back lines back and forth in the beginning, yeah. like, we wanted to have that. That's kind of the sweetest like friendship, sweetest music of the whole movie. You know, that yeah. uh, their friendship and their bond. Yeah.
I think that's what's so interesting is the way that you, the, the way that the relationships are, are kind of introduced through music as well, mm-hmm. well in a way. It's a really mm-hmm. clever way of us. Everyone's kind of getting their own little touch. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's hard to, you can't put this film into a genre, which yeah. I think is really healthy. And I think particularly with your music, it just feels like the four kind of people that I've spoken to about the film who were there when I was, all of them when they've come out have all referenced your score. Mm. on this and just kind of going you know the film's great but wow Ludwig's score it's just really connected in a way and such feels like such an important part of of the storytelling when Chris gets that final cut when he knows what that final cut is in terms of I can't do any more editing you've still got work to do haven't you uh, I still not. got. I still got. We worked to like. I'm. I'm there doing the doing the mix. You yeah. know, we we didn't figure the last the very very last cue of, of the movie uh, or one of the last scenes of the movie out until we're sitting there at the mix the last week. You know? Wow. And and that's how just that's just how devoted Chris is. You know, yeah. he wants he works until the 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 pencils down, as you say. <laughs> you know, and and I love that. How um, does he know? Or someone tell him. Someone tell him. <laughs> no, no, he, he already got it figured out in his head from the from the first day. You know, yeah. we got this many wow. days. We got this many days left. This is when it gets done, and and like yeah, we had one more cue to do, and to to really figure it out. And like it worked how it was, but but I knew we knew it could be better. So so we but we cracked the code the last last couple of days, and that, yeah. that's that's a, that's an exciting part of the work. With the the work that Kai and Martin have done, you know, with their mm-hmm. book in terms of twenty five years of work towards this book, I wonder, which I haven't read, and I feel bad that I haven't, but I, I will at some point. Was there music referenced in the book at all? In terms of what did he did he listen to music? Did he was it something that was that ever part of a conversation? Uh, no, no. The only the only the only reference of music in was in in the script yeah. um, with the with the writer spring. Yeah. yeah. Um, just before we finish, I just want to go back to that, to particularly the gene relationship mm-hmm. and kind of sonically the conversations around how you would tell that story through music. Um, because when you know when you mentioned earlier about the violin and how it can take you from you know kind of one emotion just by this tiny slip of a finger, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for that that relationship is that fair for the kitty or for the gene for gene yeah for gene especially yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's kind of the opposite from from what the kitty theme is from from his relationship with kitty you know yeah. the 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 gene telloc is the one you know yeah what's it going to be like tomorrow what's going to be like in five seconds you know it's 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 a, it's a chaotic relationship that's like pulling him out of who he is right and then and then he has to this other completely different relationship with kitty who's like you know that's real marriage, right? She's she's like, she, she does the big talk. She's she's, but also like extremely smart. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 with one of my favorite scenes, which is like the the final trial when she's witnessing and like yeah. she's like, turn, she, oh. yeah. And then when she doesn't shake the hand, yeah. Oh, it's just Emma. Oh, Emily's yeah. just so great in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so their so their their musicality, their musical theme is is, uh, it's like a it's a piano. Um, Piano melody mm. um, that is just a, a very strong, beautiful, romantic things that you can really feel their yeah. gravity towards each other, and yeah. that's that's kind of what's in the end is kind of holding him down on the ground. Yeah.
Oh, it's so great. I could talk to you for hours about it. What's next? Uh, next, I don't, I don't have anything next. Yeah, just, just you know, enjoying this at the yeah. moment. Just being on this train and seeing where how people's going to react and living in this moment. Yeah. And um, we'll see. We'll see what's next. You know. And it's nice to have the genuine physical opportunity to say thank you for Mandalorian in no. person as well. <laughs> Still means a lot to us. Yeah. No. Yeah, thank totally. you for that. Was so fun when you <laughs> yeah. get on that call and like I see your kids like. Uh, I mean that yeah. they they are dining out on the fact that you played them the, the motif on yeah. the recorder. Yeah. That they'll have that for life. So, yeah, yeah I need you. to I need to give you guys one of those recordings so they can play it themselves. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, well, well, that's very. Spike's on grade five drums and he's doing grade oh, four cool. French horn. So yeah, you've inspired a, a okay. generation musically. Does he play the theme yet? Oh yeah, on anything, <laughs> okay. everything he can get his yeah. hands on for sure. Yeah, and Ludwig, so great to chat to you again, and massive congratulations on this film. It's just it's a, an extraordinary piece of work you've done. Thank you so much, and thanks for your for your kind words. his score to Oppenheimer that's Destroyer of Worlds rounding off this latest episode of Ludwig Gorenson my huge thanks to Ludwig also shout out to his team and uh, also the Universal team for making it happen I'm so grateful for his time taking the time to talk to us it was so special to finally get to meet him in person considering four times he's been on the show so hey it was worth waiting for And if you haven't seen it already, please do get along to your local view to watch it on the big screen as it really is an extraordinary sensory experience that needs to be seen on the big screen. So myview.com for all the details on where you can watch it. If you want to hear my previous chats with Ludwig, head to edithbowman.com where you can listen to his insights regarding The Mandalorian, Tenet, Black Panther, amongst many, many other things. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtrack in UK. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm just about to put up that chat with Ludwig now. And please keep spreading the word if you like what you hear. Join us next week for another episode where we have the absolute pleasure of talking film and music. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Mm-hmm.